Attention, all troops. She's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rockerless. As a kid, I wasn't a big fan of change. There are things that I liked, and I liked them to be the way they were, and any hint of change was met with massive resistance. My family, though, was a bit different. They liked novelty, especially in something like foods, and they even would, I hate to say it, seek these things out, much to my chagrin. So when Pizza Hut started serving a new type of pizza, even though my family didn't love Pizza Hut in general, they looked at it and thought, oh, that must be what deep dish pizza is. And the pizza I'm referring to is the Priazzo pizza, which isn't exactly what the rest of the world would call deep dish pizza. But if you lived in New Jersey and didn't have any exposure to deep dish pizza, you might think, ah, deep dish pizza, finally I'm going to have some. So my family got it, and I thought it was pretty good when I tried it. Well, that actually isn't accurate. What happened was I threw a tantrum and refused to eat it, saying how gross it looked and how they were violating all sorts of rules about pizza purity that I was conjuring up in my head. I had a rule with my mom that if she had some new food, I would try it. That was the rule. I could complain, but I had to try it first. And I tried the Priazzo, and I liked it. But I had already dug in on my feelings about the Priazzo, so I wasn't going to give them the satisfaction of knowing that they were right and I was wrong. Fortunately for me, they liked it and got it multiple times, and each time I would eat a little bit more and a little bit more, eventually begrudgingly saying that I in fact thought it was okay. When you make a big deal about not liking something, you probably want to be more subtle than I was, or at least don't be so short-sighted in how you approach foods that you think you're not going to like. And even if you have misgivings, internalize them, wait until you've tried it, and then express them. If you come out hot out of the gate, it's just going to be embarrassing. And if you have two older sisters who like to throw things back in your face, they're going to do it for years to come. And as I would inhale Priazzo pizzas for the next year or so, whenever we got one, my sisters would joke about how I had turned around on this. And if I only hadn't judged, I might have enjoyed it more right from the beginning. They're right, but the joke's on them. The more they taunt me, the more they're talking, the less they're eating, the more Priazzo for me. On today's show, I'd like to talk to you about the too short-lived Pizza Hut creation, the Pizza Hut Priazzo. We'll talk about the creation of this marvelous pizza dish. We'll talk about what it was, the variations on it, its reception, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show.
Almost everyone loves pizza. That's why there's this epic battle raging continuously about what combo of toppings or baking style constitutes the best or real pizza. If people online are so passionate about whether pineapple belongs on pizza, I can only imagine how people might have reacted to the Pizza Hut Priazzo if it had been released during the internet era. If you haven't had the Priazzo, the question you're probably asking is, what is a Priazzo? Some have described the Priazzo as a deep dish style pizza. My family certainly described it that way. We assumed this is what everyone in Chicago was eating. It's not. But it's a good start. It just doesn't capture the full Priazzo experience. Yes, the Priazzo was deep dish or stuffed pizza in style. It was inspired by rustic Italian pies. This is how they would put it together. They would take a pan and then lay a pizza dough inside of it. Then they would fill the crust with ingredients, which ingredients depended on whatever variation you happened to buy. After that, they would top it with another layer of pizza, which they would then layer with sauce and cheese. So you have this deep dish pie, a pie filled with fillings. Then on top of it, the lid is a pizza. My one sister at the time, when it was available, described it as a quiche-like deep dish pizza wearing a pizza hat. I've always liked that, especially the pizza hat line. And that's how I would describe it because of it. Pizza Hut needed a new pizza. In 1983, they had a wild success with the personal pan pizza and decided that they were going to create this new one. And it took a long time to develop. It would go through extensive testing and marketing. The test market was 180 stores, and they ran it for a year and a half before they finally decided to roll it out regionally. That means that the Priazzo, which was released in 1985, was already in development near or slightly before they even released the personal pan pizza. While the personal pan pizza would help Pizza Hut capture the lucrative fast-service lunchtime crowd, the Priazzo would take a lot longer to make and was targeted at the dinner crowd, which accounted for 70% of Pizza Hut sales. The hope was that it would boost that number by 20%, and they would serve it after 4 p.m. on weekdays and all day on weekends. They got new pan pizza at Pizza Hut. Pizza made with ah, cheese. Dripping with that wonderful mmm. Please, can I have another slice of old? Have you tried new pan pizza at your Pizza Hut restaurant? A made-by-hand and a special pan extravaganza. Get it at your Pizza Hut. New pan pizza. Come and get it. If you're traveling the length of Italy, trying to find the origins of the name Priazzo, you'll be out there a very long time. Priazzo is a coined word, or neologism, created for Pizza Hut by the marketing consultant Charles Breimer and his company Interbrand. The process for coming up with the name took close to a year and was rigorously tested. At the time, names created in this fashion usually cost from ten dollars to $30,000, but some could run upwards of $100,000. Now that might sound like a lot, but when you consider that Pizza Hut was going to spend millions on the launch of the Priazzo, it is just a drop in a very large bucket. Why do companies spend so much money on made-up words? Well, according to Brimer, who also famously came up with the name of the Pontiac Fiero, a coin name, or neologism, is the most protected kind of trademark. So yes, they could have just called their new product the Rustic Italian Pie, but in the long run, Pizza Hut would have a hard time fending off copycats if the Priazzo took off. This is probably why, when you hear the company mentioning their new creation, they are quick to point out that it's not pizza, it's Priazzo. 
Are you a fan of the Retroist podcast? Do you like more retro stuff? Why not check out the Retroist Patreon? Go to patreon.com slash retroist. Supporters of the show get bonus episodes, bonus tracks, bonus scans, access to the Retroist Discord, and more. Feel good about yourself and make a difference in the world. Support the Retroist. Reading through advertisements of the time when referring to Priazzo and pizza, Pizza Hut said, Priazzo is not a pizza because unlike pizza, Priazzo has a bottom and a top. And all those great toppings you usually have on your pizza come stuffed inside the Priazzo. It's covered with sauce, cheddar, and mozzarella cheese and baked to perfection. Priazzo is delicious, but it's not pizza. Try it today. Interestingly, for the 80s, Brimer and his company used a mix of technology and traditional research to help them come up with the name. They would use a computer and feed it letters they knew they wanted in the name. In this instance, they borrowed from pizza. They decided it would start with P and end with A and have the double Z in there. So the letters were entered into their computer and it built a list with thousands of options. That list was whittled down to something more manageable and then was passed through staff language experts, lawyers, and a creative panel who would help to select the finalists to pitch to focus groups. Only after a name has survived all of those processes did they submit it to Pizza Hut. While the Priazzo name was manufactured, they would use proper Italian place names for the various kinds of Priazzos. Throughout the product testing and during the original launch, they had three variations, but they would quickly expand the line. You could also special order a Priazzo, but you could only take ingredients away from a pie. You couldn't add ingredients to one. So you could get a Florentine without ham, but you couldn't add bacon to it. If you're not familiar with the Priazzo and wondering, which one would I have gotten? Here is a list of the six types that I could find easily online, along with their ingredients. I'd like to think this is a complete list, but there could be some other Priazzo out there waiting to be rediscovered. The one that's probably the most famous is the Priazzo Roma. It's one of the original flavors, and it contained pepperoni, mushrooms, Italian sausage, onions, beef, pork, mozzarella, and cheddar cheese. Now, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be the flagship Priazzo, but in advertisements, they often led with the Roma. Next up is the Priazzo Florentine. This was a cheese explosion that had five types, ricotta, parmesan, mozzarella, romano, and cheddar. To balance it out a bit, they would add ham and a bit of spinach. It was my second favorite of the original offerings, followed by what is next, the Milano. The Milano is by far my favorite of the Priazzos. It was Pizza Hut's kind of meat lover concept in Priazzo form. A delicious mixture of pepperoni, bacon, Italian sausage, beef, pork, mozzarella, and cheddar. One slice of this monster could fill you up. Next up is the Priazzo Napoli. That was introduced shortly after launch of the product line. It was a four-cheese pizza, Parmesan, mozzarella, Romano, and cheddar, with a layer of tomato slices baked in a savory sauce. Another variation that they introduced was the Priazzo Verona. In this one, the meatball was the star, but it wasn't alone. It also contained green peppers, onions, mozzarella, cheddar, and their savory sauce. And finally, you had the Priazzo Portofino. The Portofino was the sausage-forward version of the Priazzo. In addition to Italian sausage, it had green peppers, onions, mozzarella, cheddar, and their savory sauce. With a lot of these things, when they rolled these out, they would run a commercial. They also had pins that they sent for employees to wear. A lot of those are available on eBay if you're interested in collecting them. When I started doing my research for this, I went through a phase of buying Priazzo pins. You can find public mentions of the Priazzo in test markets as early as 1984. 
The official release was in June 1985, so some lucky people were regularly enjoying this dinnertime behemoth for maybe a year before the wider public got their hands on it, and the marketing campaign was ubiquitous. There were print ads and lushly filmed commercials all shot in Italy. They spent a reported $15 million on this round of advertising. And if you were watching TV during the summer, you probably remember seeing this gem set to the music of famed composer Puccini. In Italy, they discovered long ago that to make the perfect Italian pie, you must start with the perfect recipe. Italian sausage, pepperoni, cheddar and mozzarella cheeses. As they bake, the meats and cheeses blend to create a taste unlike any you've experienced at Pizza Hut. We call that recipe Preazzo Roma Italian Pie. Discover it for yourself. How much did the Preazzo cost? Well, it came in three sizes, small, medium, and large. And at the time of launch, all the variations of the Preazzo were priced identically. Now, they might be identical, but they could vary by market. So if you lived in a specific section of the United States, you might pay more or less. In the fall of 85, here's what you would approximately pay for each Priazzo. A small, which is 8 and 3 quarters inches, was $8.05. A medium, which is 12 and a half inches, was ten ninety-five, And a large, which was 15 and a quarter inches, was fourteen seventy-five. Of course, at the time, as they do with most Pizza Hut products, they ran specials with printed coupons, and with many of them, you could save up to $3 off a large. So you're paying about $11.75, $12 for a large Priazzo pizza, and that's enough to fill up a family. The Priazzo also had a very logical but unusual limited-time product giveaway associated with it. When you ordered a pie, you would be given a Pizza Hut cutting wheel to cut the pie. It's a clever idea, especially for takeout orders where you might need to cut the pie yourself, which would be a challenge for a lot of people. What did people think of the Priazzo when it was released? Well, much like me, many people approached the new creation with some amount of cynicism. In papers, they complained about the manufactured name to the intimidating size. And of course, food critics were cautious about praising it. Most of that caution fell away after trying a Priazzo. And so real taste reviews tended to be pretty positive, And they generally added with a summary about how the size of the pie was just too much to eat in one sitting and how well it reheated when taken home. I do agree with taking your Priazzo home, or at least waiting some time to dive into it. When they served these, they were piping hot. The heat not only could burn the mouth, but it also kind of masked the flavors of the ingredients. So letting it cool slightly gave you a better tasting experience. It also made cold Priazza, which you had the next day, pretty tasty as well, although some people prefer to heat it up. But I'm not going to get into that argument here. Not everyone was charmed by the Priazzo, though. In a 1985 interview, famed pizza chef Evelyn Sloman pointed out the inauthentic nature of the pizza, stating about the name variations that she would not associate those mixtures with those cities because few Italians can afford to put that much meat in a pie. Famous pizza chefs aside, consumers seemed to be pretty excited about the Priazzo. 1986 was a tough year for the parent company of Pizza Hut, PepsiCo, but Pizza Hut was a bright spot for them. Profits at the chain were up 12% that year, with the Priazzo contributing a good amount to that. Since you're not eating a Priazzo, you probably know something went wrong. Sure, the Priazzo was tasty, but like with many newly introduced foods, a lot of its early success was based on novelty. 
So after the hype and marketing died down and those coupons went away, it needed to stand on its own. And it did for a while, but it had some issues. Chiefly, people have a vision of pizza. Often that vision is based on where they first had pizza. And the Piazza, while close to the Chicago-style pizza of the United States, was just different enough to not be Chicago-style. Consumers had tried the Priazzo and many liked it, but it wasn't something they would return to on every visit. That might be because of taste, but more likely it was time-related. When you read about the rollout of the Priazzo, reporters were quick to point out that unlike traditional pizza, it was not something you could get quickly. They often would throw around numbers like 20 minutes to prepare, but it was actually more like 30 or 40 minutes to prepare. People just weren't willing to make that level of time commitment at a casual restaurant like Pizza Hut. Add to that the difficulty that kitchen staff found in preparing the pie, and you have a fussy menu item that quickly started to fade from tables. And while this might have been a delicious option, Pizza Hut's expectations to enhance their dinner revenue was asking a lot. The majority of their revenue came from dinner, and so they were hoping Priazza would bring in more people to dinner. And it did, when it was novel, but once that wore off, they had to count on people who regularly ate at Pizza Hut. But they weren't going to go in and order more food. They were ordering a Priazzo instead of what they normally ordered. And while it might be premium or a little bit pricier, it wasn't enough to make up a difference for Pizza Hut. They were taking away purchases from existing products, one that was probably a lot easier and cheaper to make. This is a problem I've talked about in other podcasts and on posts on the site. I talked about this with McDonald's when they decided to take on breakfast, a meal that they had no business in at first. So every bit that they brought in from breakfast was almost completely new profit. The Priazzo pretty much peaked the year it came out. Pizza Hut didn't take it off the menu, but they didn't invest much in Priazzo advertising either. Still, this delicious, cheesy creation would continue to find fans and would persist on menus at least until the early 90s. It may have continued to be offered at restaurants for a bit longer, but certainly the last appearance that I could find in print was in 1993 for a Pizza Hut in Marysville, Ohio. In Italy, whenever there's a celebration, you're bound to find Italian pie. At Pizza Hut, we now bake our own Italian pies. We call them Priazzo. Come, celebrate with us. Celebrate with a free pitcher of Pepsi-Cola or other soft drink when you buy a medium or large Priazzo Italian pie. Priazzo and a free pitcher of Pepsi. While the Priazzo might have disappeared by the mid-90s, its near-decade-long run and initial success had an impact on the pizza market. It showed that pizza could be redefined, and not just fall into the normal, established, and traditional styles. More importantly, it blazed a trail of excess. The Priazzo was impressive. It was thicker than the normal Pizza Hut offering and brimming with ingredients. The large had a pound of cheese on it. It almost looks mild by the standards that would follow, but it set the pizza-eating public on a delicious kind of crash course with the likes of stuffed crust pizza and the Bigfoot pizza. And while Pizza Hut might have created the Priazzo name, other people would follow suit in creating copycat versions of the new pie. Not only can you find dozens of recipes online, but independent restaurants have been serving a version of the Priazzo, sometimes even using the name since the 80s. At several of these establishments that I have found online, I have read it accurately described as a cross between a pizza and a calzone. That's pretty good, although I like the term pizza hat. 
The Piazza was a tasty treat that was well-liked by Pizza Hut enthusiasts. It might not have been the hit that PepsiCo wanted, but it had an influence on the direction of fast food, and it deserves to be remembered. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at Retroist.com. If you're looking to follow me on social media, you could usually find me at Retroist on most platforms. The music here on the show was provided by Peachy. If you like what you hear, you should follow Peachy on Twitter and Twitch. He's at PeachyPixely. That's the word Peachy, the word Pixel, and the number eight. Thanks to everybody who's been supporting the show. If you'd like to support the show, you could do so by giving it a five-star review wherever you download this show. It's really the five-star reviews that help people find things nowadays, and if you could do that, I really would appreciate it. If you'd like to support the show more, The Retroist has a Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com retroist. For just a few bucks a month, supporters of the show get bonus episodes, bonus scans, and access to the Retroist Discord, the greatest retro community on the internet. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. Piazzo and my Fiero. There could have been a good crossover with Pontiac. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.